Hello and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Dixon. And I am Sammy Scorstad. Together we have combed through book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. Oh yeah, and it's the sixth day of Bookmas! Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. There is actually no book of the moment for today's episode. Instead, as part of the 12 Days of Bookmas, we will have a completely different kind of episode today. In honor of the sixth day of Bookmas, we are going to be discussing books that everyone loves, but we hate. All right. Hate is kind of a strong word, but (laughs) these are books that we strongly dislike for one reason or another. Without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, you want to start? Should I start? What's what's the plan? I think at my core, I like talking about things I like. I don't like hating on things people like, but there are things that I hate. So I'm kind of excited for this episode. Are you you <laughs> love talking shit on Pick Me? I do. You love I do. half of your TikToks. I know. I get so angry. <laughs> was like, I hate this person. Like this person's so dumb. All this stuff. Like you yep. have like I'm a bully you- at heart. Yes, you kind of are. I am. I am. And I know it's a fatal flaw of mine. I acknowledge that. Uh, But but yeah. Yeah. I'm a bully at heart. Yeah. I think we should bring back bullying for a lot of things. Not for like, not for people who have been. (laughs) Be careful what you say there. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not for people who have been like historically bullied. Like not our marginalized bullied groups of our youth. But like the people who were popular who should have been bullied. Those people I think we should bully. A lot of spite in there. Well, and, you know. Yeah. This is the episode for it. You get okay. to see the real me. The negative oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the books I pick that I hate are for good reason. So, I, okay. I, And I think you'll agree with me on most of them. I know uh, there are a couple we've talked about together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so go ahead. Give me one of okay. yours. This was a recent episode of ours, but... I also have been seeing TikToks lately of, like, how much people love the books, um, okay. which is These Violent Delights and Our Violent Ends. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I mentioned in the episode that we recorded on those books, I would have DNF'd it. Like, I just... Wow. I could not get past the whole river monster thing. And then also, like teenagers running the gangs essentially and i don't know it was just like wow okay yeah i i would not have it's just and everyone loves them and so like i feel like i'm missing out and i should love it but i i just didn't (laughs) interesting wow can't relate i really liked it but i i can understand why why fantasy does not suit you maybe anymore yeah. The yeah. thing was, is like, I, I would have appreciated it without the fantasy. Yeah. I think. And it was the adding, because everything else was like, there was no magic system. There was no anything like that. It was like normal mm-hmm. plus a river monster that turns into bugs or commands bugs or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, huh? I don't know. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's just like, that genre was just is just not for me anymore yeah Um, that's fair yeah and like 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 we said hate is a very strong word and i think i ended up rating those like a three or something or something you gave uh our violent ends a four 
Okay. I think that was in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But like. If you yeah. could reflect, what would you give them now? Probably like threes each just because like the writing was good. Mm-hmm. And I liked the Romeo and Juliet aspect. But mm-hmm. like overall, I think I would have appreciated it if it was just a like more political, social, cultural book and not a river monster. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's my my first hot take. Okay. Hey, hot takes all around today, to be honest with okay. you. And then I'll I'll start off strong with a hot take too, then in that in that regard. Give it to me. Punk fifty seven. I I will not read that. I, I wish I didn't. And I don't <laughs> feel that way about books usually, but everyone and their cousin loves this book. Everybody loves Punk fifty seven. And now I'm ready to admit that the plot is good. Like, the idea of the story, the plot twist at the end, good. I enjoyed that. If it were not about 17-year-olds doing anal, Ah! there goes our sponsorship today. If it were not about 17-year-olds doing anal, I would have liked this book a lot. Yeah. But I cannot get past adult women writing books about minors detailedly having kinky sex. Also, what 17-year-olds are having, like, super kinky sex? What 17-year-olds are doing anal? Please let me know, because that's... What? (laughs) What? Uh, No. And, like... Like, oh, and everybody just... I can't even think of the guy's name in the book, but everybody, like, obsesses over this guy. You guys are crazy. Like, he's... uh, He is a bad boy, sure. I, I get, like, liking the bad boy in a book, but... This guy's crazy. And everything is so aggressive. And they're, like their whole relationship is so aggressive. And But the that. idea, the concept of the story was so good. It was like in the third grade, they started getting assigned at different schools. And they didn't know who each other were, who the other person was. So they were, they had this whole relationship over mail, snail mail. And they never like wanted to meet each other because it would ruin it for mm-hmm. them. And then, like one day, they accident they accidentally meet at a at like a party for his band in like high school. He's in a band. He's in a band. Okay. (laughs) And they like they meet, and he knows it's her, but she doesn't know it's him. And they like share a kiss on a dare, and Mm -hmm. he like is losing his mind. But that same day, his sister dies in a car accident because he wasn't answering his phone. He was messing around with this girl. So then he stops mailing her letters for like a year after his sister's death Mm -hmm. and like loses his mind a little bit, which like grief appears in a lot of different ways. And I respect his journey for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it turns into like, he starts to go, he needs to finish high school because he like didn't attend for a while. And then like, he goes to the same high school she goes to and he starts like kind of stalking her in a way, if you look at it like that, because he knows who she is. And he introduces himself as somebody else, like gives her Uh. a different name instead of saying, it's me, it's Misha, who we've been friends forever and you tell me all your secrets and shit. And she's like, why do I kind of like this guy? Because the only person I've ever loved is that guy that I sent letters to when I was a kid, right? And it's really, like, the plot is good. I love the plot. I thought the plot was really good. But you absolutely ruined this book for me by making it 17-year-olds who have kinky sex with each other every other page. 
<laughs> in detail, in detail. And he's like all, the way he talks is like, okay, adult men don't even really talk like that during sex. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell is this, does a 17-year-old know about anything? It, yeah. it really pissed me off. And also, it's just gross reading about teenagers having sex, and that should be banned. So anybody who likes Penelope Douglas, I automatically think I don't really like you, so... Red flag. <laughs> Red flag. Yes. Okay, your turn. Um, okay. I think we should break open. So I didn't hate this. Okay. I think it's more so like books we take issue with. Okay. I have a um, category for that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Okay. Agree. Agree. What's your yeah. issue with this? Because I also didn't like this book, but I don't have it on my list, but I should. Okay. So obviously – the representation factor true um Mm -hmm. evelyn hugo it's i don't know and like there has been a lot of discussion about it on tiktok especially Mm -hmm. because like i remember someone did like a painting yep i saw it too yep and it was like she's not white yeah why did you paint her white if she's not yeah yeah and like exactly and a big part of the book is how like she was white passing Mm -hmm. and she capitalized that for like capitalized on that for hollywood's sake yeah um but like I don't know, just writing I don't know. So and like you have obviously a more like more of a perspective mm-hmm. on this than I do of being like half Latina. Um and I'm just white white, but mm-hmm. like still it was like a little icky to have like to write a Latina woman who like was like her identity was neglected the entire way. And like Oh I, yeah. And, like, I know that was, like, to, like as a commentary on Hollywood and that's, like, what she had to do to make it in Hollywood is, like, forget, like, leave her identity behind. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. It, it just seemed, like, uh. And then I also didn't like the whole – we didn't get much of Monique. Her name was Monique, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The one who was writing the story. And, like, I – like, there were bits and pieces of her life, but, it like, it just seemed like, okay, if you were going to do that – just do it more so we can actually know what's going on. Yeah. I want to add Seven Husbands to my list because we – so full disclosure, we tried to record an episode of Seven Husbands back in like February, I think, of this yeah. past year. And yeah. it ultimately never aired because the audio got all chunky and gross. But also I think like we recorded a lot of episodes that we rethought after recording them. Mm-hmm. Uh and honestly, Seven Husbands, I'm glad we didn't do an episode on because I was just angry the whole time anyways. I didn't really enjoy the book. And I think that it is it is about perspective when you're reading books because I will say the number one audience of people who love Seven Husbands and won't shut the fuck up about it is white women. Yeah. White women love this book, <laughs> right? And yeah. they don't take issue with the representation. Taylor Jenkins Reid, right? She She's a great writer. I will, I'll give mm-hmm. her that. However... Mm-hmm. Like, the you made the only black girl in your book, like, the character that has a big life tragedy, right? Yeah. And then you're giving her, you're having the white woman come in and save your complex her and give her a career and money. Yeah. Right? Well, okay. Evelyn's not white, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yes. And then you, but you also try to give your main character a form of representation. You try to make her, like, a, a Cuban woman. Right. But then you like you said, you take every aspect of her culture away from her for Hollywood. And that's like I get that that happens. I get that that happens. Totally understand. I understand that like 
more white passing Latinas will get cast in roles than darker women. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I understand that that does really happen in Hollywood. However, like that doesn't mean they let go of their entire culture, even in their personal life. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like she th- in that book, she doesn't even speak Spanish until she's like an old woman who's speaking Spanish with her one of her maids or whatever, one of her housekeepers. And I think her housekeeper was like totally taken aback, like what yeah. the fuck? You know how to speak Spanish? And then she was kind of like, I don't really remember how to, anyways, right? Yeah. And like you also give her the thing where like she had bad parents, right? You give her that stereotypical, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> And I, I just, it, it made me feel icky. And also, like, I get that this is a good representation of Women Love and Women book, right? Totally mm-hmm. cool. Love that. <laughs> right? We love right. that. Right. By representation. We love that. Uh-huh. But, like, you can't say for the sake of one representation that you can't fully cover the other representations that you're trying to take a nod at. Yeah. Like, Taylor Jenkins Reid is a straight white woman. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> who wrote a bi main character, a woman of color, took away her color, right? Like, <laughs> so okay, this is kind of what I'm saying with like when we we kind of talked about Tessa Bailey and how she has yeah. white main characters, mm-hmm. and you were like she should di- diversify. Yeah, but it's like when white when like when white people try and write experiences from of like people of color. It goes wrong. And like, so it is, I think the, I think it can be done 100%. You have to really have like a big team behind you helping you write it in the most accurate I and just like think it's responsible way and writers possible. are lazy. For, I'm going to give a big example here is Leigh Bardugo. Okay. She is a white woman. She is straight. She writes all kinds of diversity, and I think she does it very well. She writes okay. Latina characters. She writes black characters. She writes gay characters. Like, she does it all, and I think it comes out very well. It's non-offensive, because what she does is she doesn't try to say she understands any kind of struggle for those characters unless it is, like, integral to the story, right? Like, mm-hmm. like for example... Uh, Alex Stern in Ninth House, which we'll read eventually. She is a Latina woman who kind of, you know, has experienced certain setbacks in life for being a Latina woman. Okay. Okay. Acknowledging that, acknowledging it in education. Perfect. You're doing it in a way where you're not trying to say, here is this whole backstory that only... Like, I'm trying to say I understand, but I obviously don't really. She's taking from real-life experiences, and she's applying it there. And this is yeah. not just because I'm a labor Bardugo stan. If anybody can, like, write something correctly, I can I can say it must not be that hard. Like, right. I true. think authors are just afraid to do it. And then when they do do it, they try – they only work with what they think they know. Instead Which of is working often with very racist. Racist and, and stereotypical. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Monique's character being, like – her whole character is like she's sad because her dad died Mm -hmm. so she lost a parent in tragedy right yeah so you took a stereotypical thing and you said ah i'm gonna use that like that's lazy writing Mm -hmm. first of all and it's like undertones of racism and stereotypes and then you took a you wanted to have a, a latina main character and then because you're white the only thing you did was write her as white basically yeah there's a way to do it right and there's a way to do it wrong and Taylor's Junkin, Taylor Jenkins Reid did it wrong in yeah. in Seven Husbands and I'm agreeing with you there but I disagree that it's hard to write 
people of color in a respectful way because I honestly think it just comes down to people being too lazy to try. Okay, yeah. And I... have a team that can back you up and say that doesn't happen. For example, also right. this happens when men write women, right? We say that yeah. all the time. Yes, yes. So I'm going to give an example from Hank's books, which you'll read eventually. He had a whole team of women because his main character in that book is a, is a woman and he's okay. a man. But mm-hmm. he said, I don't want to write a woman the way a man writes a woman. So he had a team of only women editors, proofreaders of all ages and his wife, right, to mm-hmm. read what he was trying to say and to ask and bounce questions off of to make sure he was writing his woman main character as realistic as possible. Right. That's not that hard. It's just him not being lazy. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. I <laughs> totally agree. I think I think they should be doing it and I think yeah. they should be doing it right. And it's very obvious when they do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you're not going to do it right, that's like, that's what I'm saying is like, if you're not going to do it right, don't, don't do try. it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another example I'll say, and then we can move on, is Samantha Shannon, who wrote The Priory of the Orange Tree. She has uh-huh. a lot of characters of color and gay characters in there. And she's a straight white woman. I'm pretty sure she's white. But you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she, she wrote it in a way as, like, it's not hard to put, to make a character a character of color. It is hard to... Or, and it's not even hard to make sure it's not offensive. You just have to put some effort into it. Like, yeah. And yeah. I think that people like Tessa Bailey, right, are just lazy. Like, they know how to write white people, so they white they write white people. And yeah. They don't think to go any further than that. Or they'll do a side character who's a person of color. Which, like, in window shopping was fine. She did that in an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you can th- see that. You're working on it. You're, you're getting there. I applaud her for getting there. But I think, like, oh, just don't do it if you're not – if you're just going to base it on stereotypes. Looking at you, red, white, and royal blue as well. <laughs> that was that was my next <laughs> – Oh, is it really? Yeah. Let's go yeah. for it then. Okay. Red, white, and royal blue. I yep. feel like uh, – I mean, okay, so this was one of the earlier books I read. Um, who recommend Layla recommend – my friend Layla recommended it to me. Um, and I was like, gay romance? Yes, please. Are you kidding this me? This was the first book we read this year. Was it? Oh, my yep, God. We it read it was. on January 1st. Yeah, both of us. Oh, cute. Yeah. Um, and I think this was honestly, this was a book, like, I enjoyed it. I read it and I was like, okay, cute. Like, I get <laughs> the hype. I like, I like, I liked it. And then it did take some reflection mm-hmm. for me to be like, wait a second, that wasn't, that wasn't so great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was just, again, it was the racist stereotypes. And it was, it, which is just like so disappointing. And especially from, you know, a queer author. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like the gay aspect was fine, mm-hmm. I think. But, like, honestly, I think I just have higher standards for queer people, even if they are white. I'm just like, dude, like, you get stereotypes. Like, you've literally, like, so, like, and I guess that maybe that's unfair. No, it's not unfair of me to have higher standards. I do. I do have higher standards. But, um, yeah. So, I know you have some thoughts on this, so I'll let you Um, contribute. Yeah. I just thought it was... Again, this is just another inf- instance of a white person 
writing a person of color based on the simple stereotypical things that they know, right? Yeah. Uh, Alex, is that the name of the main character? I think so, yeah. Okay. Alex West. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shout out to my friend Alex West. <laughs> um, <laughs> streaming icon. Streaming bicon, actually. Uh, no, so Alex, uh, he has Diaz. Isn't his last name Diaz? Is it? Is it? it might be. First Let me. All, I'm, I'm looking it up right grope. now. Okay, that's my grope. That's my other yikes. That's my other gripe about uh, authors writing people of color is they pick the most common last names. Like it is Diaz. Is Alex it Diaz? Claremont Diaz. Yes, yeah, okay, Claremont okay, Diaz. Okay. Right. So, like, and obviously that is a last. Mom's maiden name is Diaz, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I won't say that that's not a name that ha- that is. <laughs> a name right right but like also in seven husbands of evelyn hugo one of the the first men that the only man she dates who is uh a latino man his last name is diaz and i remember that because you see this last name in everything when white people write it <laughs> yeah uh and alex claremont diaz right he had his parents are divorced and his dad was a bad dad and his mom is a good mom, and she's the white one. Mm-hmm. Like you don't think that there's an issue there when you're you're perpetuating this stereotype of like Latino men being bad fathers. Yeah, like come on, that it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and there's just a lot in that book that made me go uh, cringe. Yeah. But it it, could, it does come down to like what kind of environment you set your characters into in the first place. Mm-hmm. And like, like we get it. St- like stereotypically, right? Also, most men are bad dads. Right? True. <laughs> From our, if our white dads are bad dads, yes. And like most dads are bad dads. But I think that just because you want to apply that to a person, you have to think about the consequences of doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think again, that's just lazy writing, not thinking into well, what are the my my Latinx like audience gonna feel like how are they gonna feel about this yeah or having it's lazy to not have somebody literally call you out (laughs) on it and be like don't do this yeah uh so you're stereotyping people again Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe you shouldn't do that (laughs) yeah agree i agree with you on that one i think that was a good a good choice before we move on to discuss more popular books that we dislike let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Real quick, before we move on, we just want to remind you all that today we are officially halfway through our 12 Days of Bookmas Marathon. We've really enjoyed ourselves, and we hope you'll continue to join us for the rest of our 12-day bookish marathon leading up to Christmas Day. Okay, I think, like, what we were getting to before the ad uh, was just, like, the idea of how we change our opinions of books after we've read them in a lot of time, like, which I think is sometimes interesting because we usually record these episodes right after we finish the book. Right. Um... And I think there's something to be said about that fresh feeling you have right after you read a book, but also that feeling of having a little bit of introspection regarding mm-hmm. the book, and mm-hmm. that can kind of change your opinion. Um, but yeah, 
I think also perhaps, and you might agree with this one. I have on my list. Uh, call me by your name. Okay. We were gonna do an episode on call you call me by your name over the probably in like February or March as well. Uh, and I got icky and I decided not to post that one. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, most of the ick came from the fact that this is a very big age gap book. And which, like, age gaps, okay, I have mixed feelings about them in books, but I think, like, it, what, one of them was, like, 17, six, like, 17? He's 17, yeah. 17. And the other one's an adult man who's a professor, right? I think he was 23 or, 23 yeah. or 24? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was icky to me, and a lot of people argue that, you know, they're in Italy or whatever, they're in Europe, so... He was the of age of consent. Age, age of yeah. consent, and I'm like, y'all realize how creepy you sound when you say like age of consent, age of con-. like, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, right, chill. He's still his brain's not fully developed yet. Yeah. Okay, so this is interesting because I actually had a conversation about this yeah. specifically um, with my friend Charlie, who is a trans man, mm-hmm. um, has been, you know, and just like a very very much like in the queer community like very aware of all these things also um read and watched the movie for call me by your name mm-hmm. and so like i asked him i was like what are your thoughts because like i mentioned like we recorded an episode and <laughs> i like i really loved the story and um i really loved but then like when you called that out i was like oh shoot should i not be liking the story mm-hmm. and he had an interesting take he was like you know there's a line you walk with representing the fact that that is a reality in specifically like the gay male like m- like male presenting mm-hmm. gay community mm-hmm. is there are a lot of age gaps mm-hmm. and there are like that's really common and so and he was like you know it's hard to walk the line of perpetuating and like supporting and continuing something, but also shedding light and like representing the realities Uh of things too. And so he ultimately came away with like, I do like the story. And um, so like, I think for me is like, I have, I understand, like I, I support not having a full episode on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will have issue with the movie for the rest of my life because of Army Hammer, and I don't <laughs> think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever read the book again. But it's not; it's on my list of books that I think like I, that I like. I see both sides, and I don't hate. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I I think my a lot of my uncomfortable feelings with this book stem from like I was groomed (laughs) yes uh and so I when I see that kind of trauma being inflicted and painted as a romance it kind of hurts me yeah and then also if they acknowledged like the trauma of moving on after this relationship Mm -hmm. like later in life acknowledging the trauma that it brought like, I, I think maybe that would add a different level to the story that maybe I would have enjoyed more. But the mm-hmm. fact that it's painted as this romance is, like, 
I think what makes it icky. And also the, the extra level that makes it icky is uh, Andre Osiman revealing that he is likes, icky. that he's a literal pedophile who wants to have sex with 13 year old girls. Mm-hmm. So he already like is attracted to younger, younger and younger people, which mm-hmm. makes it adds another layer of icky because he's basically writing out his own fantasy version in this book. And that um, is icky to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forgot I to take issue with that. Also yeah. the, the peach or apricot or whatever the fuck it was like, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a weird, it was a weird, weird story all the way around. Like I, and I understand like the level of like having a romance and, gay representation and like I, I get that I totally get that it's not that I don't it's just the the underlying trauma that that would bring was like not really acknowledged and I think like coming from a similar experience it just feels like oh well okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> normalize it okay yeah that's fun <laughs> mm-hmm. I get yeah. that I, yeah yeah what else you got on your list um, I went through my big ones and I was kind of, I, I can't think of other ones, honestly. Really? Okay. I have a few more. Okay. Um, just one that I won't nod too much into, but the alchemist, I briefly mentioned this Oh right. a couple episodes ago. Shit. I hated the alchemist. <laughs> like I forgot about every, that. I think people who say this is their favorite book are people who want to sound profound. Yeah. I... This is how much I don't think about The Alchemist. I didn't even think about that. But, like, yeah. I remember reading that and, like, I wanted my life to be changed. And I was just like, what the fuck was that? Like, was like this is the most biggest waste of paper and like, <laughs> time. I really thought I was going to like it, too, because I do like profound things sometimes, right? But I was uh-huh. just like, this was dumb. Like, And maybe it's because I'm not smart enough to get that underlying meaning of the <laughs> right like okay no see ass. like okay like, <laughs> it was boring for was me boring. <laughs> I I enjoyed the story for me like I but I was also like this isn't that profound yeah like I enjoyed like it was it was a quick read you know it's pretty short mm-hmm. um I like the orange cover you know yeah, yeah. but ultimately like, I was just like Either I'm, like, really, really, really missing something or this just, like, <laughs> isn't – Yeah, but then I, like, I looked it up and I, like – I mean, like, I got that, but, yeah. like, that – what like, it was just kind of, like, okay. Yeah. That's I'm... not that pro- – like, why is this everyone's, like, holy grail book? Literally. I'm with you. And I – and that's why I don't like this book because I think it, like, everybody – presents it as one thing and I just thought it was not that like Mm -hmm. I think that's a book that people read when they don't read books you know what I'm saying like people who don't really read say that that's their favorite book (laughs) and that tells me a lot you know like Uh you haven't read enough to understand that that's not that profound (laughs) aka like if you're in a bar and you ask a guy what his yes. favorite book is and he says it's either capture in the rye or oh this yes. red, yes. Flag, red flag red flag red flag, red flag. <laughs> exactly um another one i have on my list uh which might offend some people is love in the time of cholera by gabriel garcia marquez never read it okay so i like gabriel garcia marquez like I've, I've read a few of his works uh in university and stuff like that. But I picked up this book because it was actually recommended by a book talker that I like and respect, but I'm, 
I'm going to preface by saying this book talker is a man. Um, oh. And I think that men who read this book like it. But I think that anybody in their sane mind who reads this book would not like it. I have uh-huh. a variety of reasons. I know you haven't read it, but I'm going to spoil this book for you guys. Uh, I, you I know, I it. like spoilers, so spoil you, it for me. Don't read it. Don't read it. Like, <laughs> I'm going to preface with that. You'll be disgusted, honestly. The premise oh, of the book, it's, it's paint. This is a romance, okay? The premise of this book is man likes girl. Okay, boy likes girl when they're, when they're kids, right? They okay. live down the street from each other, and he's like, this is the girl that I'm going to marry one day. Okay, right. We like, uh, uh, childhood, childhood to, lovers, to love her, right? Yeah, right. Love that. Fine. He writes her letters every day because she plays hard to get. And so he's like, I'm going to write her letters until she falls in love with me. Cute. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause she likes him. It's not like she doesn't. Right. It's not one of those mm-hmm. situations. Right. Um, and then they start to date and her parents, her dad finds out and her dad's like, I'm going to send you away. You can't date this boy anymore. Sends her away to go stay with her cousin. She still gets letters from the boy because they still, talk back and forth and they've decided Mm -hmm. you know once i get to come back home let's get married and he's like over the moon because he's excited and he loves her right she comes back a couple years later she's a little bit older and she realizes like i don't know anything about this guy i actually don't want to get married so she she tells him that and Mm -hmm. he spends the rest of his life stalking her oh god she gets married to another man has kids with another man like not that she's like super actually in love with this other guy but you know whatever that's her fucking choice to get married to this other man and he stalks her at every moment and in the Uh, name of love okay this is why women are afraid of men literally and so he stays at a distance because she's married and stuff and then basically at the end of the book but also in the beginning of the book her husband dies Okay. Okay. And the day after he's dead and they're having the like little morning party for him, right? Mm-hmm. This guy comes into her house at the morning party for her husband who just died, isn't even in the ground yet. And is like, mm-hmm. I've waited 25 years to tell you that I love you. Please take me back. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, right? That's all creepy. Fine. But this is what I can't get past is while he is you know, stalking her throughout her life and she's living her life. He is, like, sleeping with prostitutes and sleeping with whoever he can sleep with, right? Um, He's incredibly racist. He thinks he's the best poet writer in the whole world. Uh, And then when a Chinese man beats him in a competition for poetry, there's a three-page rant on, like, racist rant on why, like, Chinese people are dumb, basically. And I was like, um... For what purpose is this in the book? Like, obviously, this is just a small manifesto of how Gabriel Garcia Marquez feels about Chinese people, right? Yeah. I was like, um, what? This furthers the plot zero. Zero. Okay. So I was like, that was uncomfortable. I almost DNF'd at that point, but I was like, I have to finish because I need to know, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what, what is the, what is the thing people like about this book? Because I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. And then in his older years of life, right? Like, this is the whole life in this book. He's like 60, right? And okay. he starts grooming his niece who is 14 years old. And they have sex and there's scenes where he's <gasps> having sex as a 60-year-old man with a 14 his 14-year-old niece. And she becomes obsessed with him because he's grooming her, right? And that's how grooming works. 
Mm-hmm. And then eventually he finds old love's husband is dead and he's like he breaks things off with his niece and she kills herself. This book is so fucked up that I was like, am I reading the wrong book? Like, is this 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 cannot be the book that people like rave about online? I you can't see me right now, but my jaw is literally dude. Dropped. My jaw kept dropping. I was like, this is the most fucked up book I think I've read this year. And and the thing is, is like people love this book. And I'm like, is Ooh. nobody reading the same story I am? And then the, the the woman he's in love with takes him back. And they're like on their deathbed, basically. They're on, on a cruise around the area because it's, you know, cholera is around and that, that that's like part of the book too. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> like, what am, have I been transported to the Twilight Zone? Like, what is going on? This was the most dis- read this year and we'll talk about that in our new year's episode when we talk about like worst books of the year but i just can tell you right now this is the worst book i read this year this was a zero out of everything this was a negative two like this book was so bad i was like i legitimately now will question anyone who says they like this book because why yeah for what it's about she's the whole book too the woman he's in love with says no like she does not want to be with him and then like they're literally on their deathbed and they're stuck on a cruise around like a boat around some area. Right. Mm-hmm. And she like sleeps with him. And because he's 65 years old, he can't get his dick up. And that, that's like, <laughs> that's like their big romantic moment. I'm sorry. That's not, that shouldn't be funny, but like, it was funny. Just, it was funny. It was okay. Funny. That's just like erectile dysfunction is not funny, but it's no. funny as a karma aspect for mm-hmm. this man in particularly. Yeah. Yes. Literally. And, like, he, he finds out about his niece, you know, committing suicide. And he's, like, he sheds one single tear. And then he's, like, now off to go have sex with the lady I've been in love with my whole oh. life. It was so icky. And I was, like, this tells me so much about, like, the real way Gabriel Garcia Marquez feels about things. Like, one, he's racist. And mm-hmm. two, like, he hates women. <laughs> he hates women and he wants to sleep with 14-year-old girls. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, that was high on my list of books people like that I hate, and now I question any man who, especially men, who say they like this book because oh, what? Sh- he's the author of One Hundred Years of Solitude. Yes, and I liked One Hundred Years of Solitude. Uh. <laughs> I read that in college, and I really enjoyed it. So now I'm like, I feel like I need to reread that. Like, did I miss another yeah. thing in there? I don't know. Uh, and my mm. final and last book was Where the Crowd Dad Sing. I just take issue with that book. I really liked it when I read it until I, like, saw the entire page of, like, this white author using the N-word over and over again. And I've I've, ha- I've had discussions with people online about, like, how, like, what else was she, were those characters supposed to call the black people in this book if it was set in the 50s, right? Yeah. And I was like, I get that. I, I get not erasing racism. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, but I, I I don't know. There was something about this white author really leaning into racism that wasn't a part of the book at all, right? Mm-hmm. wasn't It wasn't a, a book about race. <laughs> you know, you know what that reminds me of. So I haven't read it yet. I'm like looking at it on my bookshelf because mm-hmm. this was huge. This book Massive. this year was huge. Yeah. Um, and I um, it reminds me of like you know how people will take like compilations of white people 
in like white actors in movies who were just a little too good at their lines mm-hmm. using the n-word yeah. and stuff and it's just like there's one of adam driver i think from the black Klansman. okay um circulating around right now oh i haven't seen that mm-hmm. and then there are some from like 12 years a slave of like you were a little too good at playing the racist guy. And, yeah yeah and it's just and i think when it comes down to it even if there isn't like there genuinely isn't uh <laughs> i'm gonna use a racist bone in their body yeah um it's just feels so wrong yeah to it's watch icky. it's icky and mm-hmm. it's like i get it, like okay I, so i think it was um in 12 years a slave alex pettifer okay. i think played a slave owner Okay. And, um, fuck, was it? Um, maybe it wasn't him. I don't even know who that is, so continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, it was someone in, yeah, I think it might have been him. But, um, anyways, so someone in 12 Years a Slave, it, like, you know what? Actually, my whole point was that it was Alex Pettifer, and then his, like, career was essentially, like, over after that. Okay. Um, but now I don't. Oh, maybe it was the butler. Um, there was. Yeah, it was Lee Daniels, the butler. Um, and there were just like some things where Alex, Alex Pettifer played like a really, you know, very racist character, mm-hmm. essentially. And it just like, I, lo- I remember there being discussion at the time about it and people were like he was like a little too good at that mm-hmm. and he hasn't been in anything of note since right and he like he was the one he was i am number four like i was obsessed with those books okay um forgot to add those in our other episode <laughs> but like he had an acting career and then yeah. he played that and then he didn't because it's just like it's just like ooh, i don't know like it yeah. That feels so icky to yeah. watch. Absolutely. You know, this was one of the things I didn't like about uh, Last Night at the Telegraph Club. Okay. Right? In general, yeah. I liked that book, uh, except for a few things. Spicy scenes with 16-year-olds, not my thing. Yeah. Um, God forbid, right? <laughs> but the other thing was, you know, the author said she wanted to stay close to the history of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yet she doesn't use any racist words toward the Asian characters in her books, but she refers to black and Latinos as racist terms yeah. in that book. And I was like, well, that's interesting. If you wanted to stay close to your, the, the, his, the history of that time and be historically accurate, but you're only racist to the groups that you're not in. Interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't like that. Turn me off. Um, but yeah, I think this is a gripe I have with books is like, if, 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 the racist characters are a little too into it, right? That tells yeah. me a lot about how the author's reflecting this time mm-hmm. uh, for one reason or another, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That That's all my books now, okay. I think. I think, wait, can I add an sure. honorable mention, yeah. a book that I have not read yet? Oh, okay. But I think would be on this list. Yeah. A Little Life. Interesting. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say because I don't know yet. But yeah, maybe I've I've seen quite a few hot takes of like it's trauma porn. It's trauma. Like yeah. don't read this. Like yeah. it's. I have it. Um, I have it too. 
Same because time. again, this is another one that was really big this year. Mm-hmm. And it was sold I, out too for a long time. Remember, yeah. we couldn't get it. When yeah. We wanted to read it. I um I'm afraid to read it. Uh and so like I haven't. And because I've just been like going through my own shit and like I don't think I could like I think it would be really triggering for me. Mm-hmm. Um I've seen some of the trigger warnings and stuff. Yeah. And so like I, I don't think I could do it. And I don't know, and it's just like it like maybe it's just a a trauma like a trauma dump for the author and then it got really popular mm-hmm. um and i don't the the author wasn't expecting i don't know i don't know but like i think that might be one of like people really like some people think it's really beautiful and like a really great book and other people are like are you a masochist? Like, yeah, don't read this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I think it's getting closer and closer to me reading it. Um, okay. So I, I will let you know when the time okay. comes. Okay. Um, I think if I had to add one, sorry, I was just throwing my cat off my desk. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if I had to add one more to this list, and I think you'll agree with me, the reason it's not that I hate it; it's just that I think it we received so much hype for it and then it didn't live up to it was lore. Oh my God. We both read lore as a new release. It looked so good. The cover, amazing concept. Cool. Everything about it seemed like it was going to be great. And then it was like forced romance that felt forced. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ending didn't make sense and was too nice. Underdeveloped plot. Underdeveloped plot. Like, everything about it seemed like it was going to be really cool, and then it was underwhelming. I so forgot about lore. Yeah. Um, I, that was such a disappointing yeah. book for it's me. It's so pretty. It's <sighs> so pretty. I returned it. Oh, did you really? I, I have it I, on my shelf. I got my, I got my money back for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It Full was, refund. It was disappointing. Because mm-hmm. I really, really was looking forward to it, too. And and Alexandra Bracken, the author, is, like, really cool online and everything. And I was just like, man, why you got to be disappointing? I, I wanted to like it. Honestly, and, like, I'm a slut for anything Greek mythology Yeah, related. and it just was not it. But it had Mm-mm. such a good concept. Like, the first half of the I, book, yeah. I was like, this is going to be a five. And yeah, I... the second half of the book, I was like, oh, well. <laughs> that I, was below average. Right. I just... I remember thinking... I like I was so mad because I was like this could have been such a good book and mm-hmm. it was just like like it was just a scavenger hunt yeah basically and, and it was like this could have been so cool and like I think it would have been really cool if the author had gone a little bit into like some of the past games and the yeah. the origins of the game a little bit more yeah. and like the history like because it is a cool concept yeah. Oh, and the ending, God, I think, I for- got us both. We won't spoil it here, but out of yeah. everything that the book talked about, you would think that the ending would go one way, and then it was like, um, that seemed like a cop-out. Mm-hmm. Which was depressing, because I really, really, really was looking forward to that book since I saw the cover reveal, and, you know, that's a bummer when that happens, which is why, like, I'm less optimistic when it comes to new releases. <laughs> yeah. Because you really don't know. <laughs> Wait for those <laughs> reviews and recommendations. Yeah. So, you know. Um, do you have any further remarks? Um, I don't think so. I think what we mentioned about, like, in being introspective, like, after the fact mm-hmm. is important and changing your mind on 
yeah. opinions and stuff is when you receive a good info. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good thing. And absolutely. Um, I encourage everybody to change your mind about something because you learned something new. So yeah, and <laughs> or also someone like, showed you or talked about something and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, right. yeah. And I also like obviously take everything we said today with a grain of salt, except for love in the time of cholera. Um, but like, if some just because someone doesn't like something you like doesn't mean that it's inherently bad, right? Like, yeah, you can like things. Um, nobody here is going to tell you. Like, I like things that people don't like, so mm-hmm. that's fine. <laughs> like the things you like, and don't let people uh, don't let people make you feel bad about liking those things. But you know, like what Sammy said, take take things with a grain of salt and understand that multiple perspectives play into how people receive art yeah especially for like as a white woman like cis woman it's like i there are things that go over my head and i think when i do like look at the perspectives and like listen to the perspectives of people of color on like certain books and stuff it's like oh shit yeah okay like i and then i can look back and i can read back and be like oh yeah, that wait, that was kind of wrong. I mm-hmm. don't think I want to support that book anymore, or right. I'm not considering that one of my favorite books anymore because I un- like I can empathize with someone else's perspective, right. and just because it didn't personally like offend my own identity doesn't mean it's like I don't know because there isn't much that can offend a cis white person, but <laughs> like <laughs> legitimate, like I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I think just staying open to listening to people who it actually affects and stuff yeah. uh, is important. Agree. Agree. All right. I think that's where we're going to end it for today's episode. Uh, before we part, we'd just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to eat, join our Hardcover Hose Discord server via the link in the show notes or send us an email at hardcoverhosepod at gmail.com. I'm sure we said things that are going to spark people to say shit, but, you know. Um, (laughs) So is life. Right? Right? Uh, And we'll be sure to get back to you. Feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I am Sam Dixon. I'm Sammy Scorstad. And this has been an episode of Hardcover Hose. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next book on our to-be-read list is Duke Actually by Jenny Holiday. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading.